All right. We're just going to keep going, man. This is number six for those keeping track. I told you earlier this morning that anyone that had FOMO about ETH Denver, we would have you covered. And uh, once again, for, for episode six of Masari's Unqualified Opinions today, uh, this is Ryan Selkis at 2BitIdiot, and I'm here with Michael Dunworth, the CEO of Wire, which really is, I'd say, better than Stripe, but for Bitcoin. Oh. Um, people have said. <laughs> people have said. <laughs> There's the hundred dollars that I owe you. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, but we, we've known each other for a while. Uh, DCG is an investor. Yep, DCG is an investor. Um, you uh, were the you were at DCG in twenty like twenty fourteen fifteen I think it was fifteen and we were doing our round and. Almost got it over the line. We almost got there, but we didn't, unfortunately. Uh, but 2016 and uh, more recently, yes. yeah, they've been awesome. Yeah. Good. Congrats on the sorry. By um, the way. Well, we were fundraising at that point. So. Nice. Um, but I'm glad. I'm glad that that. I'm glad that that all worked out. Um, so uh, we're gonna have a just kind of free flowing conversation here. Don't have a big agenda, but we knew we were both gonna be in town. Don't yeah. really get to see each other that much. So we're just kind of gonna hang. Um, but for starters, I haven't gotten an update from you in a while. So, yeah. um, you know, Wire has continued to build throughout the bear market. You guys raised a Series A back when the getting was good. So, yeah. you're good. You got runway. Um, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what you guys have been doing and, and kind of the, the trajectory of the company because it is an important uh, bit of infrastructure that you're building. Yeah, um, I agree. <laughs> all jokes aside. Yeah. So No, I mean, I mean, so like for us as a company, we've, we have been the, the guinea pig for our whole, like everything that we built, we were the guinea pig. So, you know, I'm from Australia, so I don't know anything about MSB licensing or any of that shit. Mm -hmm. um, came over here, met my co-founder, and we were, you know, 2013, 14, 15, up to 16, getting licenses, getting bank accounts, and all that kind of shit. It was exhausting. Like, mm -hmm. no team is gonna have 500K to go and park at a bank so that the bank's happy to bank them. No team is gonna have, you know, 25K to give to Perkins Cooey so that they open an envelope for them. Mm -hmm. um, it just takes too long to get to market. We've gotta get everyone to market really quickly. Pardon my language. Uh, do you swear on this? Oh, yeah, we can go after it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's okay. Uh, so, sorry. <laughs> um, no, but it's more like a, we want to just like, if we've done that for a lot of centralized platforms, so like a lot of exchanges sort of plug into our plumbing, I suppose you could say. Mm -hmm. So banking, on-ramps, off-ramps, creating accounts, verifying accounts, basically wrapping up licensing in fiat and saying fiat to crypto bridge, go have at it, build whatever you want. So um, as long as... And who are some of the kind of core customers that you have right now? Yeah, well, I mean... Uh, your mates over at Ripple, uh, the guys that um, they sort of, they, they usually kind of chase after our customers because we do all, we pound the pavement getting these people on, but you know, in a new technology, it's like, um, you know, nothing against the guy. I mean, we know them quite well actually, but it's like, they're sort of just like running after, because it's low hanging fruit. The people that we've onboarded, if they know, oh, they're crypto friendly, that's an easy win, you know what I mean? So it's mm -hmm. like, hey, yeah, we're from Ripple, blah, 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 blah. So um, we've got, you know, Rational FX. Uh, we recently actually sold our, uh, like a cross-border business that was built on top of a, the API. We sold that to World First. Mm -hmm. Don't know if you know World First. Just yesterday got bought by Alipay. Yeah, Alipay actually. Mm -hmm. For 700 million. So good for them. Uh, other exchanges that we work with, like, you know, we work with Jump Trading, we work with uh, Circle, Cumberland. 
Um, yeah, we just try and have relationships everywhere. It's many hands make light work in a place like this. So, well, you, you brought them up first. Mm -hmm. um, my my mates, your mates. Uh, you know, it, it sounds better when you say it. <laughs> with 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 that accent, everything sounds a little bit smoother and, and it's less less abrasive. Even to some extent, the air is salt. I don't know if you said that name. Yeah, that yeah, ripple. Um, so, uh, you know. We, we actually uh, talked about this on Telegram and, and, and Twitter, and, and, and you had a really interesting theory about how Ripple, the company, whose ex-current products are actually very interesting, mm -hmm. um, and they've made a lot of traction and, and built this you know, very good messaging technology for, for banks and financial institutions, how kind of the, the good Ripple uh, could come yeah. back to the light by yeah. embracing a stable point. So do you, do you want to I walk mean, through like, some of the logic that you chose? Yeah, because yeah. I thought it was cogent. Yeah, I mean, and, I, and, I like and I'm surprised I'm it hasn't been pursued. That's what I mean. And I was sort of like, all right, this guy's okay with it, then there's something here. And no, joking, but basically it's like, if you're, if you're Ripple, here's what's gonna happen. Everyone's gonna get a whiff of stable coins. Great, stable coin. Gemini, Paxos, USDC, true USD. Holy shit. JP Morgan. The, Diamond diamonds, the best. Uh, the, the, the premise is basically the more assets under management that you have, the more saving, like the, the higher the savings rate that the bank is going to give you. So it's naturally going to be a game of accumulation. Uh, put your money with us, we give you 1.6%. Put your money with them, they're going to give you 1.4%. Ripple, like who's Ripple's target customer? Ripple's target customer, the headlines say banks. You know, the balance sheet is probably saying, you know, people vlogging around on Bitfinex, Binance, wherever it is. If I'm Ripple, the first thing I'm doing, and Stellar is actually, I think this is the way that Stellar went, basically become a stablecoin factory and become the stablecoin bank where, hey, JP Morgan, I know you want to do this, but aggregate it all, get the best rate in town and just vacuum all this sort of stuff. Basically do the hard yards and digital, like digitize all these dollars. And then you're gonna have XUSD, XAUD, XEUR, and it's just all these banks are gonna to fight to have this monster, monster amount of capital under management. They're gonna be in like just money pouring out of their ears, but people are gonna be getting value from it instead of sort of just, you know, like, mm, not value kind of thing. Uh, so, and then you've got like, like, if you've got XUSD and that's just accumulating assets under management, that's going to have billions of dollars in a second, like the market cap of them. Uh, you're going to then have XRP be some sort of governance token. So, you know, prorated dividends paid into the XRP token. The problem with that is like, then they have this sort of thing, well, we've got a good wicket with the sort of the retail customers. Do we cut them off, rip the bandaid off and sort of say whatever that was in terms of, you know, accredited investor, I don't know, but I think it's time for them to bite the bullet because the window is this, this big. Because what's gonna happen before they know it, the rug's all gone, out of the, like out from underneath them. So in not far from now, a remittance product, and people that need to watch their ass, transfer-wise, pay back any single person doing remittance, you're gonna have a smart, like someone writing a contract, it's gonna take two seconds to do. They're gonna stitch together a USD stable coin with a Euro stable coin. Slap a UI on it, you've got TransferWise just a hundred times more efficient. You've got everyone just more efficient. So on-ramps and off-ramps, that's still doing their thing. That's what we've had. So it sounds safe to say you're bullish on the whole DeFi thesis. I mean, <laughs> I, I am. I am bullish on 
so here's the thing, right? Because like I'm, I'm super bullish on Make It Out. I think they've done very hard work. They haven't done an ICO. They've been methodical as anything. Like they've been the first ERC twenty token, maybe um, like three, four years to become an overnight smash hit, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when I talk to them, it's sort of like, oh, what about all these other stable coins? You know, they're going to get such a faster market cap. Of course, they're going to get a faster market cap. But you want in a market like this, you want the strong base organically growing, not the early ripe, early rotten, hey, we listed on Binance, woohoo! Like, you want very educated, linear growth, and that's what they were very uh, deliberate about with how they would deploy MKR, so that it's not like, you know, how different would Bitcoin be if Satoshi went on porn forums and gambling forums and goes, oi, you can't reverse this payment method. I mean, it'd probably extrapolate out 10 years later to be this you know, the savior of the whatever industry, but he's gone to cypherpunks and it's evolved in a much more mm-hmm. organic and linear way. So I actually think that the more money that is digitized in stable coins and shit like that, it's favors. Like just the same way with Bitcoin. If I think Bitcoin's gonna be, you know, the heavyweight champion of the world at the end of the day, thank you very much for all these gateway drugs that are Someone's figuring out how to use a QR code. Someone's learning what the hell an ERC20 token is. But I'll tell you what, going from US dollars in my pocket to that's an ERC20 token, that leap there, of course you want to like crowdsource that. Yeah, build a stable coin, Gemini. Yeah, tell everyone, write a fact, FAQ section, great. You know, USDC, do the same. TUSD, everyone do it. Because die, if I'm die, like Bitcoin's going to, it's a faster on-ramp to Bitcoin at the end of the day, but short term, it's like, all these things become like Dai's beauty is that it has no like it reduces idiosyncratic risk. But it's like I don't know, Gemini is like looking a bit on the rocks at the moment. Apparently, I read an article that they're not got a not got a banking relationship. All right, sure, let's chuck in a quarter Gemini token, a quarter Paxos, a quarter USDC. I mean, and then you mint this bulletproof Dai kind of thing. I mean, if it's in general, you should be welcoming competition as fast as possible because you're going to learn what you really shit at very quickly, or you've just given everyone uh, the bait and switch where they're thinking, oh yes, this is us, and it's like, actually, you just made a really very like fast on-ramp into us. So so in terms of how you guys are positioned at Wire, which which currencies are you supporting now? Still primarily Bitcoin? I mean, Bitcoin's like the depth of Bitcoin, liquidity, demand, and stuff like that, it's just dwarfs everything else. Um, there's Bitcoin, ETH, and DAI. So we've spoken so with... DAI must be more recent. Yeah, DAI's more recent. We've been working pretty closely with MakerDAO. Um, we think that DAI is a really good component for a lot of, you know, these trust-minimized apps. I was going to say mm-hmm. decentralized. I will just say trust-minimized apps. But it's, it's a better thing to encourage and drive forward because you want to, like, if we want to build something... Let's build, like, let's encourage that because that's the hard thing. Dai is like trying to be stable in a shit show of a market that's like, you know, yo-yoing around. First year to market, Ethereum's dropped 90%. Whole market cap down like 400 billion. Oof. Well, I mean, if you think if you think about yourselves as, as one of the conduits, one of the bridges um, yeah. from the, the legacy system and, yeah. and, and onboarding people into crypto, um, could Dai and stablecoin become the primary driver of the business? They will be massive short term. Mm-hmm. They've got a, there's a, you know, basically a stable coin. When we first dug into stable Well, and, and the reason I ask that is because if, if people are coming in through uh, 
decentralized applications sure. that they're actually using. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might not necessarily care yep. about Bitcoin. Yep. They might not necessarily care about DAI either, but they might be more comfortable having a dollar-denominated DAI. Yep, totally. And that being their first foray. So, yes, yeah. Um, um, the most interesting thing I think about DAI, so like, why would you have a stable coin? You have a stable coin because people are going to be like, oh, I'm not comfortable with Bitcoin because it's going up and down 20% a day. So the reason why it goes up and down 20% a day is, is a function of illiquidity, basically. Like, So if I'm trading on Bitstamp, I've got to get a wire transfer to Estonia. It's going to take two and a half days. If I can rebalance that with DAI or any kind of stable coin at all, what happens is you eat up these arbitrage opportunities faster and faster and faster where you actually start stabilizing it. So the better any stable coin does, it's kind of like it falls on its own sword almost. You know what I mean? It's like... The better we do, the faster we die. Um, but I think, I think, uh, without a doubt, there's a massive place for it because this, st like, stability in general. What we're gonna see is all these, like, you know. So you saw Arbor the other day with synthetics and stuff like that. You got Market Protocol. You got UMA. You've got all these people. The next, probably the biggest thing after like stablecoin shit show is gonna come. Um, people put savings rates and all that kind of stuff with the stablecoins, and that's them. Hey, we're getting 2%. Hey, come put all your money with us. We'll give you 1%. It's going to be this war, just a race to zero, basically. Um, but that whole thing is going to be a sneaky on-ramp for DAI, which is great. Um, but, I mean, long-term, you're going to see, uh, short-term, the next big thing is probably going to be, we saw a lot of trading. You're going to see the proxy version, basically Robin Hood for everywhere. So, Africa, whatever. doesn't matter. It's a proxy token. Here's the thing, people are like, oh, but okay, so where's the security of the asset held? Who gives a fuck? Well, I've got Apple shares, what am I gonna to go to that Apple annual general meeting and be like, hey, Tim Cook, I didn't actually like the way that you were doing these uh, iPad sales in uh, the Asian Pacific region. I'd like to put my vote in. No one cares, it's a price ticker. Like, no vote, it doesn't, it's nothing about the vote. So, I mean, people are kind of overthinking it almost. It's like, uh, exposure is probably the right word and not, um, you know, they don't give shit. Part of my language, sorry for that. Um, <laughs> Periscope or Twitter? Same. Same thing. Cool, sorry. It's okay. Great, okay, good. Yeah, oh, sh I'm watching the follow account drop. <laughs> What's that? I'm uh, joking. Uh, no, yeah. I, I think it's just late in the day and people are... So, what we really should have done, if they had uh, beer downstairs, we could have done this like a happy hour format. Yeah, which yeah, probably, yeah. Which probably would have uh, been a lot better for both of us based on our personalities. Yeah. And based on the time of day. Yeah, um, exactly. Right. Based on the falling asleep audience over there, which is great. <laughs> Dude, literally, you tagged me in something yesterday, I was like, my phone's never blown up so much. I'm like, how, how do you live getting so many notifications? And I was like, someone was like, yeah, I'm like, I was like, oh, uh, yeah. And they're like, yo, I want to buy you a beer. And I started right back, cool, thanks, man. Oh, he's talking to Ryan. What a fucking look. Total idiot. Um, well, you know what? We can, we can, we can tag team. Two years later, for sure. Um, so, uh, Really excited uh, for you guys and what you have in store for, for this year. Um, you have the new debit card yes. program is coming out. Do you want to talk about that? A yeah, bit? basically, we haven't done our jobs. We, if it's not zero to, for lack of a better term, zero to CryptoKitties in under 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. Hey, Fred Smith's grandma, there's my phone. Get a CryptoKitty. Great, this is awesome. You know what I mean? Like, that's where we need to get to. And I mean, we're pretty much there. Uh, like, 
come down to the wire table if you want. Um, but I actually think we've, <laughs> we've just had a, one of our banking partners like shat the bed or something. There's like this big international thing going on. Anyway, all our engineers are, oh my god. So I've got to go find out, put that fire out. Next time you see me, I have a fire helmet on. Um, but no, it's all about debit cards. It's about just frictionless onboarding. Like, we've got to get it going. And we're on this really, really awesome opportunity because the next wave is like, you've got, like you've got you know, crypto anarchists, whatever you want to call them. Then you've got the enthusiasts, the next wave of people, the perfect bridge, gamers. Pokemon, like think about Pokemon, the audience of Pokemon, StarCraft, all that. You got a four to six hundred million person audience. They don't, they're computer literate, they are interested, and like this is, they're used to this kind of stuff. So for them, they're gonna be like, this is what I want. So give them a chance to get involved. Like, we've got to basically let these people build businesses, and no one's gonna build a business when I'm like, hey, I've got a really awesome thing. Okay. What is it? Okay, just download this app for like five minutes. Yeah, I know the Wi-Fi is really shit. Just wait for five minutes, then install this, do that. You know what I mean? We're toast. It's got to be, go to this website, done, all good. Let's get that next 500 million people with the gamers. That's the next tsunami of people. Well, you think a lot about uh, what moves the needle for some of these projects. Um, one of the things that I've been asking all of our guests today. Yep. Um, Masari takes a very fundamentals-oriented approach towards yeah. tracking some of this information and, and tries to rank different projects and organizations um, on as many objective metrics as possible. Yep. This is still, though, a very narrative-driven ecosystem just because of how early it is. So as you look around at different projects, what are the KPIs, and then what, what, what do you think is the strongest, most sustainable meme that any given project has right now? Well, I'll tell you what is not custody bringing in Wall Street. That is just BS. Not, here's the thing, the only thing that's gonna bring people in, in the next wave, like the next wave will be um, you know, 20, like towards the end of 2020, and the next halving, the block halving, it's the supply crunch. It, and that shock wave is felt out in the ecosystem. In 2012, halving. 13 to 16 months later, bull run. The propagation between when the halving hits and how people start feeling that pinch. Okay, imagine this. Tonight they make an announcement. Half the water on Earth is gone. People are going to shit the bed. They're going, oh my God, we're going to go get water from Safeway. We're going to do all this. There's a panic, right? Because we all know what water is. We all need it. I don't think that the Bitcoin having panic is going to be on quite the same scale. As exactly. Using. But it's getting more and more. The more and more footprint that people have, like the more and more vested interest. In 2012, it took 16 months for anyone to feel the halving, so we had a bull run in 2013, November 28. Um, and then 2016, we have the halving, and everyone wakes up the next day, and Coindesk is like, halving's a flop, and it's like, yeah, of course it's a flop, because this is a tiny market. You've got like five million people with wallets at that point, but six to nine months later, you see just this hysteria go, and it's contracting like, the impact from, you know, when a halving starts, the supply crunch, all right guys, half of what you used to get from here on out at best. Okay, cool. The more dense the population of, you know, active like stakeholders, let's say, the faster that's felt. So in 2020, when we have a halving, before the end of the year, we're already gonna see like the swelling in the market, like. Well, so back to my, my neighbors, uncles, aunties, Personal trainer giving me tips on how to buy crypto and Binance. You, you, you heard it here first, six to nine months, and then back to the moon. Yeah, okay. basically. So, 
This, this man wouldn't lie to you. No. Michael Dunworth. My research wouldn't lie to me either. One, one, <laughs> one, one, one of the most colorful folks in the industry. A lot of fun. Always good to see you. Thanks and, for having uh, me. Thanks again, man. Appreciate it. See ya.